Now we've been looking at uh, culture values in this year of stretching and strengthening, and we're continuing to focus on our strengthening our culture uh, on our Sundays and in our live groups, which have kicked in again, and we'll be doing it not just September and October as well. Our culture is like how we behave; it's our attitudes, our actions; it's how we do the what that we do, and we want to have a, a culture by design, not by default, which is God honouring. We have five culture values. Culture is more than five words or five actions, but we have five culture values that we're emphasizing and want to put in practice in ever-increasing measure our attitudes and our actions. They're on the wall, but we've looked at over previous weeks, unity, generosity, honor, and excellence. And today we're looking at our fifth, which is celebration, which you would think is the easiest one to speak about. Most of us, may I suggest, like celebrations, and I'm not just talking about the chocolates, uh, we've all got our favourites within there, but there's always one that we like in there. There's always one type of celebration, I would think, that we, and that's funny, there are different ways to celebrate. Okay, and just like the boxes or the tin or the tub of sweets, why are they not there? No, we have tons of celebrations. Everyone, there's like different tastes, I've got preferences, you've got preferences, I my participation in a celebration might be different from the way you want to celebrate. We, we all like celebration. Now, not everybody, there's always somebody. Okay, there's always some people who just don't, doesn't matter what's happening, they're not into celebration. However, the culture of this house is celebration. We want an atmosphere of celebration. And I am going to read the story of the prodigal son that David nearly preached to you earlier. It's a good job he spoke to me uh, before the meeting decided what's happening. I'm reading, and it's a, it's a long reading which will encourage you, but it's a great story. I'm reading from New Living Translation in Luke chapter 15. And Jesus told people this story, a man of two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and he wasted, there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded the local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. I've never been that hungry. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the higher servants have food enough to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love, reckless love, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattened, fattening, sorry, we must celebrate with a feast. 
For this son of mine was dead and has been has now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother's back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has now come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. Great story, isn't it? It's an incredible story about the prodigal son, the parable of the lost son, one of the most loved, famous stories in the Bible. And I want to look at it from a celebration perspective, and we can learn from the three main characters. We'll ignore the fattened calf, just out of sympathy just now for him, but the three other characters. Jesus is telling a story, a parable I was taught in Sunday school, is a, a heavenly story with an earthly meaning. No, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Sorry, wrong way around. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. When Jesus is telling stories, he's not just telling stories, he's making points. He's bringing out something of the kingdom values and the heart of God. And the typology here is as a family and as a father who's representing the father heart of God. He's representing a heavenly father, but then there's two sons. For our sake, it could be daughters. There's two children in the family. And the reality is we are all under our Heavenly Father. We're all part of the family of God, and we are the children who have the same Heavenly Father. And we can learn and we can act like either of the sons at times. I I trust that we reflect the heart of the Father more often than anybody else here. But the story here is the young son who's in the house, he's in the family, in Father's house, said basically, Give me what I'm due. Basically, he's saying in that culture, Dad, I wish you were dead. I'd rather you were dead so I could get my inheritance. Cruel. Think of the pain and the disappointment in the heart of the father when the son's rejecting and saying, I want what's mine. No kind of you. I want what's mine. I'd rather you were dead. Almost the worst thing that a child could have said to his father, and this son is basically saying, I wish you were dead so I could get everything that's due me, and I want it now. I want what's mine, and when do I want it? I want it now, is what he's saying to his father. But the father says, okay. Wow. The father says, okay. Because the father heart of God is, I've given you free will to do what you want. And even though it breaks my heart, I've still given you that free will to do what you want. The young man goes and he blows it. But then when the buzz, the highs, the excitement, the money runs out, he's in the gutter, and he finally gets his brain into gear. And he says, good grief, what have I done? When it all goes, all the buzz, the high, it's all gone. That excitement, that my way, what I was doing, it's all gone. And then it comes to a point where he realizes, 
the privileges, the joy, the security, the peace, the covering, the protection, the relationship, the blessing, the favor of God. She's been part of the family's house. She's been part of the home. He says, listen, when I think back, I've been part of the family of God and back in the home. When I think all the blessing, the protection, the covering, the joy and everything, the security, the favor, everything that was in that, the relationship. Wow, I'm an idiot. I've blown it. I am an idiot. And he says, even if I just get back, even not to be the son, just to be part of the family again, just to be back in the house again, would be an awful lot better than what it is just now. And his attitude, even if it could not quite be the same, even if I can't be looked on as a son, even if I'm just a servant in the father's house, still being part of father's house is still greater than me on my own away out here. Even if I'm not what I used to be, even if I not get, don't get the position, even if I don't get the status, even if I don't get that leadership position, even if I'm not in ministry again, even if I'm not what I used to be, just being part of the Father's house is better than where I am just now. And this is not my preach today, but I want to tell you, there's many out there who are thinking the same. There's folk we have prayed for today, and they're out there, and some of them are thinking, you know what, I've maybe not should be in the beginning to think and because we prayed the beginning to think you know what maybe I need to get back to Father's house okay and some of them are thinking it'll never be the same again it can never be the same again it can never be what it was it's not quite it's still good to be back but they're thinking it never can be back I want to tell you, when it comes, when you get restored, it's better than it was before. I believe it doesn't need to be less than, and God's restoration, it can be greater than. And people coming back, greater ministry, greater love for Jesus. At the end of this story, the younger son had a greater appreciation of Father's house, and he was a better servant to Father as far as ministry is concerned in the house once he was restored. That's not my focus today. That's a great preacher on its own, but somebody else will need to preach it. We're talking about celebration because that's a culture value in the house. And the reality is the originator of celebration was the father. The originator of celebration was the father. That's my first point. The one who'd been pained, the one who'd been hurt, the one who'd been let down, the one who'd been rejected. He didn't initiate retaliation, he initiated celebration. (laughs) What a lesson we could learn from that. And yes, it's the biggie of celebrating when somebody comes to faith or somebody comes back to the Lord. But the point I'm making is the Father's heart was celebration. And the picture of a Father's heart is celebration. Father's heart is celebration. That might be a shock to some of you. Yes, he's holy. He's awesome. He's to be feared above all gods. He is the God, the judge of all the earth. Yes, that is God. And we need to respect that and have that healthy awe and respect for our God. But the reality is, the heart of that God is celebration. The Father's heart is celebration. He's a God of celebration. If you don't believe me, here's some stuff in the Old Testament. When God's people were living under a legal relationship with God, not grace, just a legal relationship, do this and if you do this, I'll do that for you. And in Exodus 23, we see this. Each year, God is telling his people, you must celebrate three festivals in my honor. It's not a suggestion. It's not if you feel like it. It's not if you're having a good day. It's you must celebrate. Three times a year, I'm putting into your calendar celebrations. Festival of us all, they celebrate the Festival of Unleavened Bread. It's celebrated annually at the appointed time early in spring, the anniversary of your getting out of Egypt. I.e., you need to celebrate that you were caught, you were slaves, and you're now been brought into freedom in Jesus' name. 
you need to celebrate that, what I've done for you. Secondly, celebrate the festival of harvest. When you're bringing me your first crops of your harvest, celebrate. Aye, when you're giving me money, celebrate. When you're, giving, when you're giving to God, it could be money, it's time, it's service, it's uh, your gifting. Whenever you're bringing something to God, make it a celebration. Not at all I have to, but yeah, I get to give you this, God. And then, and thirdly, it says, celebrate the festival and the final harvest. At the end of all, when you see all my wonderful provision in your life, you have a celebration. Festival of shelters. Deuteronomy puts like this. 16, 13, it's the same thing at the last celebration of shelters. It says, seven days you're going to celebrate. This festival will be a happy time of celebrating with your sons, your daughters, your servants, your Levites, your foreigners, your orphans, your widows. You ever listen to kind of shows on the radio when they're maybe on a quiz shows? Um, and then it said, if you end, you want to just say some words I can mention on the radio? Let's say, oh, my wife, my, my brother, my husband, and they end up with, and anybody else who knows me. You know what I mean? That? Well, God is basically saying here, you need to celebrate with your sons, your daughters, your servants, your Levites, your foreigners, your orphans, your widows, and anybody else who knows you. You need to celebrate what I've done in your life. You need to celebrate. It basically says, I'm commanding you to be happy and to celebrate. So if you're not happy, God's commanding you to be happy and celebrate. And it wasn't just saying, in 2 Chronicles 7 and 9, when they built the temple, it talks about they celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days and the festival of shelters for seven days. Aye, 14 days they celebrated. And there my 12 and 27, when they rebuilt the wall, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving, with music and cymbals and harps and lyres. I, if you look at the Old Testament, you see God telling his people, I'm telling you, you need celebrations in your life. It's good for your well-being. And it's good for your relationship with me. So I'm commanded, I'm put into your diary, into your calendar, three times a year where you're going to have to celebrate. I don't know what your idea of God is today or whether you're watching online. But this is what my Bible says in Psalms. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Heaven's a celebration. God is saying, celebrate. Our culture value is celebrate. And if we say celebrated that under the law, how much under the grace of God and all that he's done for us, should we not have a heart of celebration? Number two, the originator of celebration was the father, but the object of celebration was the younger son. Now, you need to hear me right on this. Yes, it's the Lord God who gets all the praise, the honor, and the glory, and we celebrate him and all he's done. But in this story, the object of the father's celebration was the son. I'm going to throw a party for you. I'm going to throw a party for you. I'm going to celebrate your restoration. I'm going to celebrate your decision. I'm celebrating your actions. I'm celebrating the courage, the heart, the attitude, the wisdom, the journey that you've been on. Son, I want to celebrate you that you've come. Yes, you celebrate what God's done, but I'm making the decision to not to chastise you, not to discipline you, not to reject you. My attitude is to celebrate you, son. You may have got a whole bunch of stuff wrong, but I'm looking for something to celebrate, which is right, and I'm celebrating you and what you've done here. Yes, we thank God, we honor God, but I'm celebrating you, son. 
And the father basically said, you know what? I've woken up every day waiting to celebrate you and some of your actions. I'm going here. Every day you've been away. I've waited for this day to celebrate you coming home. I've waited this day to celebrate what you're doing and the thinking and your attitude and what you've done right. And this is the day. Every day I've been celebrating the calf even has been wondering why it's getting fed more than any other calf. It says that's one of what's going on. It's getting so bad it was thinking about going to the gym because it got that fat. Really, if only it had known why it was getting fattened up, it was going to be the focal point of the feast of celebration. But day after day after day, if it only know that, it either gone in a hunger strike or a 40-day fast. But the reality is, Father's heart was every day, I'm looking to celebrate you, son. I'm looking to celebrate what you've done. My heart's not to ridicule you, to condemn you. My heart's always to celebrate you, son. Listen, as a church, we want to be a church who celebrate. We thank and honor God and praise God for what he's done. But we want to celebrate others. We want to celebrate them. We want to honor God and celebrate others. The Father celebrated. Our first song, there's a line in it. This is your family. I'm right where I'm meant to be. You know, one day the young son said, this is, I want to get back to the family. This is where I'm meant to be. As a church, we want to celebrate. We honor God, yes, and we give him the praise and the honor. But celebrate God in others. Celebrate God, what he's doing in others and what he's doing through others. We embrace the Father's heart and we make object. We celebrate God and what he's done in lives, but we celebrate others and what he's doing in other people's life. And just let me say, if you do get celebrated in the house, don't have a false, oh, no, no. Just join in the celebration. Uh, don't stop us being able to celebrate what God is doing in your life. But you, oh, it's all him. Yeah, it's all him. We know that. That's a given. Give him the praise. But let's celebrate what he's doing in your life. Don't spoil the celebration with, oh, no, 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 the false humility stuff. Oops, just throwing that out there. Okay? Just throwing that out there. Let's have an attitude. Well, that's great. I appreciate Yeah, don't go to him, but it's great that we can celebrate together. Doesn't it? But note, my third point. Last point, the originator of celebration was the father, the object of celebration was the younger son, but the opponent of celebration was also in the house. It was the older son. He was in the family. He was in the house. He was in church, but he was opposed to the celebration. It's a good job there was no three sons there. The middle child syndrome might have had a wheel, whatever it is, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not there, but I've been married to someone who has got middle child syndrome for many years. In fact, let's just pray for those who've got middle child syndrome. In fact, even, more, even better, let's pray for those who live with somebody who's got middle child syndrome. <laughs> I jest. But you know what? We love the story of the prodigal. We love the celebration aspect of it. But this is a family, like a church family, with a wonderful, gracious father who loved incredibly and the young son was the rebel the troublemaker the torag who wasted his life and didn't demonstrate or replicate the father's heart and the older son oh, why why is it him and not me come on why him and not me he doesn't deserve it to be torag why hammer not me? No, it's a story, but I've been around church long enough to know it can happen in church. 
Listen, there's times we have celebrated people. There'll be times we will celebrate people. And you can have an idea, oh, I love the idea of a celebration. I love it and I want it in my home. But why then? When our kids were younger, Tuesday night used to be family night. And we started with it together and we played stupid games in, in the carpet, okay? But on a Tuesday night, we had family member of the week. Okay, basically what we're saying is, which of the family has demonstrated the culture that we want to be seen in our house and in our family this week? Okay? Now, most weeks, it should have been me. <laughs> but most weeks, it wasn't. <laughs> I know. I know, that's the kind of family, uh, the pain and the hurt, and if there's MD who does such counselling or therapy, please come and speak to me then, it's still there. Obviously, after all these years. But you know what? To me, it didn't really matter. We were celebrating that the culture that we wanted to see was in the house. And somebody was getting up. But so often, even in church circles, we think, yeah, I love the idea of a celebration, but why them? What have they done that I've not done? And please, it can start with a little bit of disappointment, but it could then lead to bitterness, resentment, and it's a lack of honor, and it can bring disunity into the house. And I know we can say, oh yes, but I know it's, I know it happens. But in this house, we don't want the older brother syndrome. We want the father syndrome. Because in, you know what, isn't it great? And listen, the older brother did not miss out. In fact, the older brother got more because the son wasted. The Bible says when the younger son went, he split in half what was there. Everything that came after that, the older brother, the father says, everything I've got is yours. He says, you're not missing out one iota, son. You're not missing out on anything. In fact, you've had the benefit of not going through that rubbish that he's had. Didn't say that. But everything I have is yours. Everything. You're not missing out. And listen, I want to tell you, we might miss you. You might think, I deserve to be celebrated. I've demonstrated the culture of ours of God in this. And this time we will miss you. And I'm sorry about that. But I know there's a God who won't miss you. There's a God who, and if you honor him, he will continue to honor you. And um, we will miss him. But just because we miss you sometimes, don't spoil the celebration and the culture of the house where we can celebrate others. Because I want to declare, you won't miss out because God will make sure that you get everything that you've got coming for you. In the name of Jesus. That's about the gist of my preach. The band are coming up. I want a house of celebration. I want the Father's heart where we celebrate. Yeah, people will mess up, but let's not be a house of condemnation. Let's be a house of celebration. That doesn't mean to say anything goes. No, of course there's standards, of course there's things. 
that have to be upheld. But the heart has to be. Let's celebrate. The father originated it. The younger son, i.e. somebody in the family was the object of father's celebration. We want to celebrate what God is doing in people's lives. We want to celebrate the culture that's demonstrated. The family members of eat. Can you imagine doing that on a Sunday? Half thought we'd leave the church because... <laughs> Family members of you. But we do want, if you know people in the house, we've said it before, who are demonstrating the culture of our house, we want to celebrate them. We want you to tell us a story. If you know somebody who's, because as leaders we miss things. We don't know everything. But if you know somebody in the house who I think they should be celebrated because they've demonstrated culture in this house, let us hear about it. Because we want to be a, a house which is full of celebration. Last week was great. We celebrated the dedication of young Zachary. But we want celebration. The father originated, younger son. But let's not be the opponents. Let's not be the big brother. Let's be the heart of the father. Can we stand for a moment? And I'm going to pray in a moment. First of all, I want to talk to those who are watching online. I know that you've walked away from God. Somebody here, you've walked away from God. And God is reaching out to you today. And he's telling you it's time to come home. The Father is looking out for you. And there's a church which is waiting to receive you. Right where you are today, just make a decision. I'm coming back to Father. I'm coming back to Father's house and you'll find a joy and a celebration and God's got more for you than you could ever imagine. There's no heart of condemnation but restoration in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray for everyone here. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will demonstrate the heart of the Father, that we will celebrate and rejoice Father, I thank you for the many who are going to come back into the house. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're not going to demonstrate a heart of the young, the older son, but we're going to have the heart of the Father which celebrates restoration. But Father, for people in here, Lord, they may be struggling. I pray they'll grasp the fact that even about the body, we can celebrate that we've been that we've been cleansed, that we've been covered, that we're children of a living God, that our names are written in heaven, and above everything and all the stuff of the world, we have enough to celebrate every day of our life because of all that Jesus has done for us. But Lord, I pray, Lord, for those who are struggling, we will get alongside them. But Father, I pray that this house is known as a house of celebration of what you've done and what you are doing in every life in the house. In Jesus' name, amen.